Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Kim Dyer and Pam Prine. Ladies, are you ready to do this? Let's go. We're ready. We're let's, excited. Let's go. Kim and Pam are the co-owners of Keystone Capital Management. They are a firm helping clients lay the foundation for their financial success. I'm excited to have you on. Kim and Pam, tell us a little bit about your personal lives, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, this is Pam. Um, I am actually from Idaho, grew up on a farm, so very small town um, farm girl. And it's interesting, when I was growing up, the word stock meant cattle. And so people who know me and know where I came from, they're like, okay, now you deal with a different kind of stock. They're... um, (laughs) You know, I made quite a transition into that. So having that um, farm life, I I didn't really enjoy it when I was on it, but uh, look back on it fondly now. And I think I learned a lot of life lessons from that. Kim, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Wyoming, uh, and I spent a lot of summers in Minnesota. And one of the things that impacted me a lot was an uncle who uh, he he picked up the cans of milk uh, from dairy farmers. And it was such a hard job watching him. You know, it wasn't in the days when they had a bulk tank and they pulled up and put the milk in. He, he lifted every one of those cans onto a conveyor and up into his truck and then out of his truck and they washed it and then he put them back in the truck and he did two loads a day and I don't know, we figured all the weight he carried in his lifetime and it was a tremendous amount. And when he got time to retire, uh, he selected to get the most for his family. He selected the higher number, but because of all that hard work, and hard living, guess what happened? He passed away early, and it left his family without any income. And it just broke your heart. And in the end, they had to sell the farm that they'd worked so hard uh, on. And uh, it was one of life's lessons that you think if, if he could have just talked to somebody or gotten a second opinion about that decision, you know he didn't want to leave his family without that income. That was very impactful. And I I think that's one of the things we we really work to help others. Uh, It's a passion with us to help them make the right decisions in those retirement years. What a, that is a, a wonderfully instructive and valuable story, uh, but just so tragic. And unfortunately, it's it's. I don't want to say it's all too common, but but unfortunately, it is probably way too common. Just because, to your point, he just didn't understand. He thought he was doing the right thing by taking the highest number, but when he died, um, which which you just told the story. So I I, I, I appreciate that and. 
I appreciate, uh, I imagine if I was raised on a farm that uh, I would not have enjoyed it, but would 100% at 42 years old look back longingly on, on, on uh, that sort of idealized version of it. And so, so I, I appreciate that. How, how valuable do you think your perspective is in your work with, with, with clients? Well, I think as Kim shared, that longing to um, make sure now that other people, that they have all the information they need and to give them pr- the perspective and the planning tools to make decisions. Um, because here with we, we re- the retirement planning we do, it's all about life is how you handle plan B. And we kind of um, have our sights set on not only the probabilities, but the possibilities with that. So I think that's where we find that strength. And I also think our backgrounds give us a very down-home, approachable, um, you know, we've kind of uh, been in the trenches ourselves and so understand that. So we're very down-home, approachable, and it's a comfortable place to be. I think I just had a discussion with somebody and they said money is very intimidating, it's emotional, it makes people feel vulnerable, and so it's not always the the place they're looking forward to go for planning or they don't think they have enough to plan for. Yeah, I think that those are those are so key, right? And I I, I imagine that well, I, I can't how many financial advisors were there that your uncle could have had access to? Like was is is that you know, in northern Minnesota, I'm, I'm assuming there probably wasn't a lot of that even going on. I think that's very valid. I think so many times uh, people turn to a family member or uh, someone that maybe doesn't understand all the components. So I think that's really valid. Back then, there wasn't a lot of people to, to turn to, especially, like you say, in northern Minnesota. That's very true. That's why I think Pam and I, our practice is a lot about education. So we try not to uh, put our values onto other people. We do a lot where we educate about the options. We educate and show different scenarios that if they make this decision, that's how it impacts them. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's just, it's such an interesting thing that I think that sometimes I certainly kind of take for granted because I talk about money stuff all the time and I'm very aware of all the resources that are out there, but this is a generation or two removed from somebody not having access to a financial advisor at all. So just because people have access to financial stuff now doesn't mean that they're comfortable talking about it. And you mentioned how people find it to be intimidating. And certainly for, I'm sure all of us, there's some kind of emotional charge to it. So it's not super simple. Like all of a sudden people are just interacting with money just because it's all around us. Very true. And another spin on that is that the people now have so much access through the internet. They have access to information Um, you know, different ways to invest that we never did before. And sometimes they feel like they, they don't know how to sort through the information, but it's just information. And uh, because it's on the internet doesn't necessarily mean it's true or a good recommendation. So you still, we, of course, and that that's what we do, but we feel like you need that human um, touch and experience and those who have the, uh, the, the training to help get through the different, uh, financial situations people will be in. 
Yeah, it's one of those things that information is great, but if I have no idea how to navigate it or what I should be accepting is true and what it just should be uh, sort of not, um, and why why would people understand that? And when somebody's intimidated and there's emotion around money, they're just they're probably with they're just probably not necessarily super excited to all of a sudden start talking about it and to start engaging with a professional to people who who maybe are there is emotion or maybe they're not maybe there's some shame around what they've been doing financially because maybe they haven't been doing any what is what are your thoughts what, how, how 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 do you counsel or coach people like that well we we tell people a lot that it's never too late to get started. Um, you know, we, we just sometimes just showing people how making a small change in how much they're saving, how quickly they can make a difference for their retirement. So I, I think uh, showing people the impact of some of those decisions helped them. I don't know if that's, valid, but we don't, we think it's, uh, get a second opinion, get started, uh, you know, take on one issue because you can't deal with all those issues at one time, but it's a journey. You know, you take, you take on the most important and then start working through them. Right. And like Kim said, it's a journey and it doesn't matter where you at, where you're at. There's no, (laughs) excuse me, no shame when you come to Keystone. We look at the positive for what they have done, and then we try to, um, you know, move forward from that. So we understand. I mean, I am terrible at technology, and I always will be, and I understand that. So I circle myself with or surround myself with those people who can fill in my gaps. And I think if people would understand that we don't expect everybody to be great with money. That's, you know, they're great at engineering or farming or air conditioning repair, whatever it is that they do. So we can fill in those gaps for them, just like, you know, we all have different strengths. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's so important to to let people know that, hey, you know, I'm not just because I, I, I work in this field doesn't mean that I'm, I'm excellent at everything. And certainly that's just part of the human experience is is taking in new information and and getting better in that area and, and moving forward. But, you know, uh, so. It's okay to, to, to be where you're at, but it's not necessarily okay just to continue doing nothing. Right. So getting started, how, how, when, when, when people are coming in, walk me through the process of, of how you help people get started. Talk, tell me about, tell me a little bit about the foundation that you help people to lay. Well, we usually start even with our verbiage just come in for a visit not for an appointment that reminds you of going in for a root canal or something, but (laughs) just visit with us and, you know, a little bit of a discovery meeting. Let's talk, see if there's, um, you know, some chemistry in uh, explaining what we do and us understanding them. It's a lot of, you know, just communication first. Let's see. And we always look at that. Is there something we can do to improve their situation? And if there's not, we're very open with them. And they need to, you know, feel comfortable with us, too. So it's kind of a let's, let's get to know each other more, a, a visit. And um, 
just get started, see what we can do. And we do, I think something that's different with us is we are specifically a retirement planning firm. So we look at five areas. We look at um, investments, of course, income, taxes, health care, which is Medicare, long-term care, and then legacy. Now, we don't provide expertise in all those areas, but we do make sure that when you are heading into that retirement that you have a, fa- a foundation set in all those areas because that's very important. Is there an area that is harder for people to to get their arms around or their brains around or their emotions around? I would say maybe it's the investments with the market, especially how they've been, and also around perhaps long-term care planning. That's probably one of the things we get the most resistance on. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, but there will say, what's your plan for long-term care? Oh, my daughter, I'm going to move in with my kids if I need it. I hope I don't need it. Uh, My wife's going to put a pillow over my head, whatever (laughs) it's going to be. But um, they, it's, it's interesting that, that they don't want to talk a lot about that. Which again is, is, is pretty human, right? I don't, I don't, I'm, you know, I think I told, I think I said I'm 42 years old and I for sure can look into the future and think that my four year old and my one year old won't want me to be moving in with them. But I also, I, that's a joke. I don't want to be thinking about not being able to take care of myself and needing somebody else to take care of me. So I imagine that that's probably pretty common. And sometimes people are more concerned about leaving more for their family than they are about taking care of themselves. And that can be a detriment to their retirement um, funds. And what we tell people is the best thing you can do is take care of yourself so your kids don't have to take care of you. That, that in and of itself is a great inheritance. Probably more so, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a powerful statement right there. And to frame it that way, uh, you think that you want to leave your kids thousands of dollars, um, tens of thousands of dollars, which is really nice. I'm sure that they'd like that. But probably more so is that they don't want to have the final years with mom or dad um, in a probably what I can almost guarantee is a really, really tough situation. Right. So from a legacy standpoint, which is sort of a weird word, isn't it? I imagine that that's hard for people to get their arms around because people think, well, I'm just a regular person. I don't have a legacy. Exactly. And we try to help them understand, too, that legacy is your values, your work ethic, um, life experience, things that you can share with them that they can you know, learn from. It's not just about leaving a lottery. It is more about leaving a legacy. That's a great point as well, is that I think that if you just were to take a poll of people, what is a legacy? And they think, well, it's money or it's a company or it's just, it's some kind of an asset. When in fact, more so it is, it is being able to pass on those values to be able to pass on work ethic or kindness or whatever that might be and instilling that in future generations. Right, right. We feel that's really important and our, our clients appreciate that and they appreciate that perspective. If you could wave a magic wand and uh, people would start doing X or stop doing Y, what would what would one or two or a couple of those things be? 
if they would save $25 a day, that would be $10,000 a month or a year. So if they could just start simple and think, well, when I stop into Walgreens for my prescription, I'm not going to pick up the chips and the salsa and the, the other things. Just think of what 25, I think it's $25.47 a day. is could be $10,000 a year. And you times that by 25 or, or yeah, 25 years, 30 years, $250,000, could make a huge difference. So there's very simple things that people can do. I think, too, is not to be afraid to ask questions mm-hmm. or to, uh, it's so, uh, to not see it as vulnerable when you ask questions about where your money is. I, I think, uh, I, I always remember one time I heard on the radio someone saying, how many people know exactly where their hammer is hanging in their gar- garage? <laughs> Uh, because it's got a place and they understand what the hammer is and they can go and touch it and they can see it there, but they don't know where their money is. So they might be saving in a 401k plan or they have their money with an advisor and they don't know what it's in. They don't, they don't understand uh, the terminology. And I guess we want to change that. We want people to feel like they can ask any questions about that. We want to be transparent and to know what options they have, but to know what they do have. So I think that's one of the things when Pam talked about that discovery, it is stopping today and saying, what do I have and what exactly am I paying? What fees am I paying on the money I do have? And just it's okay to not know, but let's find out. I love it. I think that those are both excellent. $25 a day, 25 and change, roughly speaking, works out to $10,000 a year. And that would uh, that would solve a lot of, or at least be it would put us well on our way to solving a lot of the problems right. that the... the, 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 the Starbucks, it's a little less online shopping, and I'm talking to myself <laughs> there. You know, but it, it's, it's very doable when you take it a small chunk at a time. I love it. Well, those are two difference-making tips, but Kim and Pam, people are ready for a difference-making tip. What do you have for them? We think it's really a good time to look at if a Roth conversion is a good option for you uh, based on what your, it doesn't matter what your politics are. um, Do you think that taxes are going to be going up? So, we think it's a good time to at least look at would it make sense to convert some of your IRA money to Roth IRA money and pay the tax today when you know what that tax amount is. That's one tip we like. Right. I have another one because we have a lot of people, oh, do I get in the market now? Do I get out? Should I wait till it gets down? Um, you know, and they, they're just kind of... Um, sitting on the sidelines wondering, and we heard this, and I think it's such a valuable statement. It says, there is never a bad time for a good investment. Get in, have a a long-term perspective, and uh, we're with you on that journey. Well, I think that those are great stuff that definitely gets to come on. Come on. Never a bad time for a good investment, and is this the right time for you to be thinking about doing a Roth conversion? 
I think that those are excellent. And, uh, you know, think that if you're curious about that, then these are the people that you can certainly talk with. Kim and Pam, thank you so much for coming on. Let people know how where they can get in touch with you and how, how they can engage with you. Our website is keystonegroupaz.com. We've got a wealth, I guess pun intended, of information on there. We have a lot of webinars. We have podcasts. We have uh, white papers. There's calculators. There's lots of different things. Um, even events that we're doing. We do a lot of educational events and that's a great place to kind of get to know us, to check us out. You'll get a lot of information about us there. And then our telephone number, the old-fashioned way, is 623-299-9710. That's 623-299-9710. Or we also have an email at team at keystonegroupaz.com. So any of those ways are a great way to get a hold of us, and we'd love to have you come in for a visit. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Kim and Pam your appreciation and share today's show with a friend that also appreciates good ideas, go to keystonegroupaz.com. Shoot them an email, team at keystonegroupaz.com. Give them a call, 623-299-9710, and stop in for a visit. Thanks again, Kim and Pam. Thank Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.